welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. All right, trucking along into the eighth Potter film. Welcome to Pottercast 143. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Huge, huge, huge news week. I'm Melissa. I'm here again with Sue and the ever-brilliant Frack. Hey, Frack. Hello. Hey, guys. He's the new podcast star. Everybody loves him. We've been watching what they've been saying, Frack. <laughs> it's very flattering. No, it's really it's, it's really great. We'll keep him around a little bit. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think so. Yeah? Totally. Maybe. If you'll, okay. if you'll have me. Uh, all right. Well, this week we have a lot of big news to discuss. Yes. We've got a bit by bit. We've got a... Another canon conundrums. This time we're talking about Trelawney. I got a Scribby five. All righty, guys. Word. Yes. Okay. Well, all right, Suze. Should we start with just the big giant news of the week? Most big giant news that, I mean, had been long been rumored, but it is finally officially confirmed. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows will be made into two films. Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows, part one and part two. Um, so David, amazing. just amazing, amazing news. We had long been rumored, and then um, not only did we get that confirmation, but also that David Yates will, in fact, be the director for both the films, and Stephen Close will write both the scripts for both the movies. And part one will be out November of 2010, and part two is May or summer of 2011. Wow. 11? Can, can, mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. They are, they're going to space them out like they normally do then. No, well, well, no, only six months. Yeah. Oh, Doug. Okay, I was end of the year. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, wow, that's a long time. No, six it's months. It's like Pirates 2 and 3, right? Pirates yeah. 2 and 3 was a year apart. Yeah, they were a this, year it, apart. It'll okay. be more like Matrix. Matrix? Yeah. yeah. And well, how far parts were the Kill Bills, too, though? Was it? Did you those? Somebody wrote, I didn't. Somebody wrote in our comments that it was Kill Voldemort Volume 1. <laughs> Kill, Vol- <laughs> Kill Voldemort Volume 2. I liked it. I mean, I like I, that. Harry's in a yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That'd be fun to awesome. With that ninja thing in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, can we can we can we talk about David Yates for a second? Yes. Because yes, let's. This guy came on for movie for movie five. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone knew who he was. Only British TV fans knew his his TV shows. Who is this guy? We've never heard of him before. All of a sudden he's humming. And now he will have directed more than half of the Harry Potter films and the entire back end of them. I really love the fifth one, and I don't know if it's because it's my favorite book, but I think he did a really good job with the fifth movie. I know a lot of it was a screenwriter as well, but I think he, I don't know, especially seeing like Ron and uh, and Harry, um, their their characters just really came to life on on screen this time. And I think that it's just, I would hope that it had to be part of him, you know, because... Oh, the director's such an influential role. It, it is extraordinary. Like Melissa said, here he has, he came from a television background, and now he is actually joining some very lofty company in the sense that he is going to be directing this trilogy of sons, uh, you know, or yeah. certain, more than one uh, part of a, tr- of a series of films, you know, like, and he joins the company of people like Steven Spielberg and, you know, and Francis Ford That's Coppola. And, and, and I just find that extraordinary that he can put that down and that that they trust him so much after just seeing one film now 
I mean, we don't know what's going on. I mean, we've saw glimpses of the teaser of, of Hapla Prince, but we don't know what it looks like on film. We just saw kind of behind the scenes stuff. We haven't seen a trailer yet. We have no idea what he's doing for this next. And I just, for them to put that much faith in him to say, okay, you're going to take the ultimate book and, right. and, and put that much faith. And they put him into that. This, and not only did they put that much faith, but we're, there's so much that they want it made into two films. That's just extraordinary. You hear over and over again, and this was no different, not a surprise, so, but to say that this was no different when we went to the set for the sixth film. The actors love him. They really love him. And I think it has something to do with him being a very, he's very mild-mannered and polite, mm-hmm. but he's also, when you speak to him, he's also very clear. He also, you know, he, there's nothing muddled about what he's saying. You, you can see him really having good and productive focused discussions with the actors about how to get their characters across. Mm. And they, the, the, the actors, I mean, they, they love it. And I feel like they feel so like the, the kids feel so like they're in such good hands. Yeah. I would totally agree just because part, parts of the, I really enjoyed this, the third and the fourth, but there are scenes that I watch in those movies that I'm just like, like you, you can, you almost get the vibe that the directors just told them, okay, just, you know, at like kind of ad lib it be kids you know or be teenagers and you can tell it's kind of contrived like the scene i forget which one they're walking through the the common room and i think it's when someone walks through a ghost or when the fat lady wouldn't let him in and they're like this she does it all the time and it was just kind of it didn't seem congruent with the rest of it when it was like actual dialogue rather than just background stuff so i think like you saying that he's so poised and just a clear communicator i really think that has a lot to do with it just like daniel radcliffe his performance in this fifth book like movie was i mean amazing because like i always felt in the other ones that he was just kind of like he's not the best actor but he does a good job but when the in this last one it was like wow you know he's up to like he's up there you know he's playing with the big dogs now yeah i don't even know where to start to take about this but um on deathly hallows just it that scene is so key to me at the end between him and ray fines is just yeah i you know and i think dan will be up for it i really i really do and if he is comfortable with david yates and and who will be able to give him the direction and the guidance that he needs to deliver that kind of performance and they almost feel that he is david yates is the man to do that then they got to know how much is riding on it so Well, okay. Here's another topic of discussion. Okay. <laughs> what? Where should they split it? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I I was talking to, with my friend Shane last night, and he's like, "Did you hear?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we were talking about it for a good twenty minutes. I was thinking either after Gringotts or after they destroy the locket. I think either like personally, I'd rather them do it after Gringotts so they can devote so much time. They can devote a lot more time to the battle at the end and all that stuff with the flashback and mm-hmm. Harry's death scene and the whole like King's cross station with Dumbledore. I would just really love that stuff just to be as flushed out as possible. But I don't know. Do you think that's too late in the book to split it? I don't know because you're going to have a hard time making an argument that the, that the movie should be called deathly hollows. If deathly hollows is not included because you don't get to what the deathly hollows are until after the silver dough. That's right. a very good point. They go over to Xenophilia's Lovegood's house. And while the silver, I'm of two minds. Like you said, there's the silver dough, which, which finally they've had a little bit of a battle. You see Voldemort and the Horcrux. And you get the, the had, arc just, with Ron leaving and coming back. So there's resolution Ron there. Leaving, right. They discover that somebody's on their side. That could be like the whole theme of the first, of the first movie, which is we're all alone, we're all alone, we're all alone. And at the end, it's, you know, whoa, somebody's on our side. But then, you know, 
the whole Deathly Hollows thing. So the the other the other mind I'm of, like you said, is Gringotts. What if they because after Gringotts, actually including Gringotts, everything that happens, yes, everything that happens that day for the rest of the book, 250 pages is in 24 hours yeah. of time. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Yeah. So, so so you can get you can get the idea of I mean breaking out of Gringotts might be great because they can basically ride away on a dragon and that's a great end mm-hmm. to a movie. Exactly. And it's it'll be a good opening too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you have them going in there's a lot of exposition too with Aberforth and then with them going into the room of requirement and all that jazz. Like it, it'll start off slow. It's not like the movie's going to start off and boom, you know. Because that'd be something that, you know, you do need to be absorbed into the the setting before the battle. Because I think we need to we need to reacquaint ourselves with Hogwarts. So when it is under siege, it's that much more effective. You know, we're going to be being like, oh, crap, what's happening? You know, if it just attacks right away, we've been so distant from it. And half the cast is not even going to be in the first movie. Like mm. all the teachers and like Snape, is he even going to be in the first one? Well, maybe they'll do it in a way yeah. in which which shows scenes at Hogwarts interspersed so that you can see what's happening. Or maybe they'll make it more obvious. Yeah. Or okay, maybe that's... they'll make the trio have more of a clue about what's happening smart. at Hogwarts. Yeah. Right? And you know? Wait, what, is it, um, I remember reading or hearing something we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about them adding a scene. Oh, that's in Haplet Prince. Oh, that's half blood prince. Yeah, when they're the, the, oh. the attack on the borough. Yeah, I thought that was in the f- the seventh one. No. Oh no, my bad. No, it's um they have an attack on the borough to remind, but that's it's it's a good and prevalent point because mm-hmm. they have this attack on the borough to remind the movie audience, like like J.K. Rowling is able to remind the book audience frequently throughout the book that this thing is happening outside oh. their world. You don't really get that in the movie because you're, fo- you're actually physically following Harry and there's no outside commentary. So they did that to sort of fill that need, but that could be exactly the kind of thing they do yeah. in a movie yeah. seven. I guess they could show like Neville, I mean, Neville and Luna and Ginny trying to steal the sword mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And they're just talking about yeah. it. They'll actually show it. Right. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know, how you do that because it does have to interact with Harry in some way, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then we, you can't show um, too much with the, like I didn't say we could show Dumbledore instructing Snape, but then that, that takes away from that reveal at the end. Yeah. I just that's think a big it, reveal. You know, for me, I, I really want them to break it after Dobby's death. And, and for me, oh God. for me, that, so green that part, when I, one. when I read that, that for me turned the book. Hmm. And I understood understood what we're going to her. Yeah, because it's so dramatic, especially with Hermione yes. being tortured. They yes. find Luna. They find Ollivander. You know, they, they get them to safety. There's some resolution there. Mm-hmm. And then that's a good point. Yeah, I think that would be a very good point. Because then you have Shell Cottage. You can introduce Shell Cottage in planning. They go right. to Green Gots, and then it just tumbles into the battle. Yeah, exactly. Like and it, for me, it was just, I, I read everything so emotional. I mean, duh, big surprise. But and, and <laughs> so for me, when I see this movie, I just think that could be such an impact. And, and, and I just, when I was, when that, I, I just remember being just movie. devastated. And when he died, I just was, it was just so gut-wrenching. And so, and then at the same time, I felt such anger and i just really what just felt myself like urging harry on i just wanted to give him my strength i know that sounds 
bizarre and freakish and no, it's you know, just, it's, but it's but that's what I wanted to do, and then that's what I think if they could take that that impact from that movie, if they could take it in terms of, in this terms of a cinematic experience for you as you're going along, you see this dramatic. They've had that incredible scene. I think you know the scene at Godric's Hollow at Christmas time will be just mind-numbing i just think it'll be awesome and then you go and then you have this dramatic loss of of you've explained the hollows and then somewhat and then you have the death of dobby and then you can understand why his emotional motivation this character and that can carry you over maybe it's too much of a I cliffhanger really, i don't no, know no no I, I really like that i think i'm gonna i'm right there with you i'm gonna be the downer okay on that why? One because okay. i just yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Frack. Because it's so depressing an end. I I don't know. Well, we get the bear. You got to get people psyched for the next movie. You have to make them want to come back for a second. See, film. I think you and could to, get them to come back because they want to avenge his death, and we're not going to leave with him like I, dying in Harry's hands. Like we'll get the funeral, and then we'll get Harry's resolve. Maybe it's just such. Uh, it's a just. A, it's it. Uh, it would make it a whole different film. It would be less of an adventure and more of like an introspective. I, it's, it's all it all depends what kind of direction they want to go yeah. you know i don't know but, but but harry he does after that funeral come to the critical change yeah. in his in his character so i th- i'm i'm sort of now going back to thinking that, that it should really be the first film in in the first film it should i mean um in the second film that it should be after the silver doe that they break it because for harry to come to that critical change that signals that signals him becoming the man that he is at the end I don't think you can do that in the first film and then and have a full arc in the second. Do you know? Well, yeah, but if we, I yeah. guess I guess in terms of film and like traditional film structure, you have an arc and then you have a peak and then you have a resolution. You know, that's just traditional filmmaking. So from what you're saying, from that point of view, I can see your point. No, I'm not. I'm not saying from traditional filmmaking. I'm I'm talking about not not in the sense of every film has to have a, a peak and a, well, and, and a downward. I'm talking about Harry's Harry's emotional coming of age is such a crucial moment yeah. that I can't see you making it part of the first film and not the second because that that's the big it's huge and that's the big thing that signals that we are he's going to win because now he's become this leader and I think that's a second movie reveal mm-hmm. you know hmm. I don't know I don't know. I can just see them focusing. It would be really easy to have their big focus on the tradition at the big scene at the end. That's what my fear would be. But I don't know. These are good points. I just don't well, know. Well, that's the badass yeah. scene. Yeah. That's the one <laughs> that's, we're waiting that's for. When he yeah. becomes, the what? Yeah. That's when he becomes a badass. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. He starts calling him Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. We're, uh, we, it, We've heard there's so much news and we heard from um, Steve Cloves, who's going to be back writing both scripts. He said that he would actually would have uh, liked to have made this into three parts. What? Yeah. What? Yes. I know. It's like, dude. <laughs> the sad thing is that I would have been excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can make each chapter movie and I'd watch every single one. You know, and and you know it was interesting though too because we 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 don't often hear from him, and so I mean he had said that they had had originally considered doing this for um, splitting um, Goblet of Fire in two parts, and then they that should have, and then he sorry yeah yeah hated that movie. You know, it's like you know, all hindsight is always twenty twenty, but yeah, I, exactly. You know, but if the main thrust was to just wring all the money out of it, they would have they would have split every yeah. movie. They could have split every movie into yeah. two parts. You know, but, so I don't think that. I mean. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say that he says, he says, his quote is, I feel we owe it to Joe in order to preserve the integrity of the work and the fans for their loyalty of all these years to give them the best and most complete experience possible. 
Oh, that's really cool. And I love what, was it Heyman or Clovis that said that we're really struggling about the epilogue yes. because when the movie finally ends, yes. it needs to be those guys mm-hmm. and not older actors. Like that, that I really was really, really heartened to hear them say yes. that because it's important. I don't want the last image on the screen to be some three actors we've never seen in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You know? Right. Get some no, makeup out. No, Angel's guys. They can yeah, do they it. Can, they can make people younger with computer. Just do some CG work. It'll be expensive, but they can afford it. They can. And it would be it would be nice. I would like to see. I mean, they'll be they'll be the height and appropriate structure in their faces that they'll have that they'll be the rest right. of their lives by then. Yeah. And what, so, they're only going to be what? It's it's 19 years after they're 17. So they're mm-hmm. what? 35, 36. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're gonna—they're not gonna look all that much different. They'll thin their hair a little bit. Yeah, and just you know, you know they'll. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Wrinkle their faces a bit. No, wait, hey, no wrinkles. A little bit. <laughs> I'm only six years away from that. I don't—I don't see any wrinkles. Coming. How old are you? It's not Twenty-eight or no, seven years. No, let's not rush things, Mister Young Frack. I'm 26, so I'm getting old. They can make them, you know, but just in that—that I can just see them making that just very fleeting, you know, um, which would be. Sad, but I can see them doing that. So, I forgot about that blog. You know. yeah, they need to split yeah. this too. For you know, sure. there was a, there was another quote too that um, Alan Horn dude had made, um, and he said, uh, "We want to give it and by, about splitting the films." He said, "This way, we have an extra hour and a half at least to celebrate what this franchise has been and to do justice to all the worlds and ideas that Joe has put in the amazing story." So, I mean, are we talking like three hour film? Is he, you know, each? Or I mean, I, I was kind of curious, but I really hope that these are not just like two two two-hour films i wouldn't want them to be two one and a half hour films if there were two two-hour films i'd be okay with that i'm okay like honestly like the length to me the longer the better just like selfish indulgence but i whatever the length it is as long as it tells take this tell as long as it takes to tell the story because the first one i heard that goblet i mean phoenix is going to be the shortest movie yet i'm like but it's the longest book but it worked you know what I mean? So, like, if it's going to be an hour and a half, as long as it's an hour and a half of good cinema and good storytelling, I'm not going to knock it. But I personally, in a selfish way, I'm like, yeah, the more the better. Yeah, I want it all, man. I just, there's so many great scenes. I, I just, the whole Battle of Hogwarts will just rock the rock the candy, man. I just listen, I'm listening to that again right now. The Battle of Hogwarts will be like the third Lord of the Rings movie in that it's just like battle, 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 yeah. brief rest, battle, 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 brief rest, world coming to an end, battle, battle, you know, yeah. but in a less epic because the, the Battle of Hogwarts is epic for the Harry right. Potter characters, but it really, in all seriousness, a battle in which only 50 odd people die is not that no. huge. Yeah. You I'm, know, but we compared know to like all. Lord of the Rings where <laughs> thousands of people die. No, I'm talking just in sheer numbers. Yeah, I, I the epicness is, is different, but the, the sheer numbers of it, it's because, but that's only because this world is so, is right. so relatively small, yeah. but it still has to be like intense and just happening sure. everywhere. And like Mandrake's falling through the window and Trelawney throwing crystal balls. And oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm can't so, wait excited to see lily on screen because this is the yeah. first time we get to really see her character and she's awesome yeah. like she is hairy you know what i mean like and i like the part where when in snape's flashback when he talks about how, snape's going off on how aries is arrogant you know excited to see find himself famous and and dumbledore says like i've his he looks like his father but his deepest nature is of, of his mother and i'm and it's true, and I'm really excited to see because she she's gentle, but she's not a pushover. And I'm really excited to see her. 
I have to. When you said that about Snape, I, I have long lamented, and I know that they have to do this for film. It is is impossible to get all this in, but I have long lamented how the adults have been relegated to the background, and I am so looking forward to how Alan Rickman can handle his death scene. I know that sounds terrible, but I just think that that scene. Yeah, I'm excited for it because to to be to be yeah. very honest, it's been a little one yeah. note for me. Really, his performance. Well, so far he's great. He's yeah. a perfect Snape, but I haven't seen all yeah. that much variation. He's the same guy in every movie. Yeah, but how much is Snape's character really in the books change as well? There are shades, you know. At the end of four, I feel like we needed to see that that dread in his eyes, that mm. understanding of what was coming Same. at the end of four. It was just him being menacing around yeah. Crouch Jr. again. Although I, they don't even start on that those scenes with Crouch. That was such stupid writing and directing when he closed the door slowly. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. All the way around. Ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry. No, I hear you. And, and I'm listen, I know sometimes we are really hard on Clovis here and it's just because we, he sometimes veers off for for what are probably really sound mm-hmm. story reasons, but aren't as mm-hmm. true to the books as possible. No, but that's so not a good story reason, needs... though. That's just, no, he, it's right. a total red herring. <laughs> he didn't even address right. it. Just, oh, we'll just make everyone think he's evil. Because they could, he what, could, what? couldn't communicate it other other way. He couldn't, you know, right. he, sorry, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> You're funny. No, because it's, you know, like there's other ways to communicate in a way that it's not just totally like he lied to the audience. He didn't like point them in another direction. He didn't misdirect them. He lied to the audience. And that's stupid. That's in, ho- that's bad storytelling. In whose instance? I'm confused. When he made Kogoroff close the door in the oh, Kogoroff, yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, no, you're right. That was that was a that was a total. But then again, when we read when we read book four, we thought that Kogoroff was somebody to be watched. Yes, as well. but so. Joe told it the right way. She didn't lie to right. us. She like she made it. He, she made him ambiguous rather than basically. There should have been a screen capture, like a subtitle at the end. Oh, I'm evil. <laughs> 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 bubble over his head. You know I'm I mean? the evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then at the end, like, just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. Or, or at least explaining that the reason he, he closed the door on the goblet like that is because he did something yeah. to it, tried to do something to it, or was trying well, yeah, to d- mess Something. It, like. Just because that was totally out of the blue and just kind of like, they needed like that sinister music. Dun, dun, dun. Every time he walked on the camera, <laughs> mind, it would have been just as well, effective. Well, just as effective as the Pez dispenser thing that Moody was drinking the whole time. I mean, that couldn't have been more overt. And I mean, <sighs> we still just, just crack up. <laughs> I want a big fan of the, of of the of Moody on camera. He doesn't look scary. He looks goofy. But I won't oh, talk about that. He's going to be sorry. back. Brennan Gleeson is looking forward to doing his part. In I like him as an actor. I think he's a good actor, but I just don't like the wardrobe they gave him. I don't know. Sorry, I I don't want to. Well, but my point. <laughs> what I was saying about Clovis is that maybe this will give him the room he needs not to have to do that. Oh, okay. And we can I should see, probably let you finish. You know, your we can see his writing really like shine, and when that that's what I'm hoping. Because I'm a I'm a fan of his other work. I I just I'm I've never seen a Harry Potter movie that he's written and thought, wow, the writing was great. Mm. You know, and I want to think that. Well, it, it gets so. frustrating too because sometimes like. I noticed it when you guys pointed out in one of the commentaries or one of the shows back a couple of years ago, like they'll give, he'll give Hermione like Ron's lines and it's Mm -hmm. like, don't get me started. Like, I don't understand that at all. Cause it's like, it's not like it was hard or a hard way to get around. It's like Ron's right there. 
<laughs> right, right. The big POA right. prisoner of Azkaban switch is, yeah, but we should save yeah. that for another conversation. Or like when in yeah. movie two, she's like spouting fear of a name increases yes. fear of the thing yes. itself. Ah, you know, like, ah, come on, yeah. come on. She's 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why, um, that's why I just hope that, you know, he uses more like, like Goldenberg did. I thought he used a lot of Joe's dialogue and I'm really hopeful that the, he did. that Clovis will do this because there's such powerful writing in Deathly Hallows. Just mm-hmm. there is such powerful if they don't have not my daughter you mm, i will yeah honestly very and it's great that that's the only like i'm not a huge fan of the curse words myself um right (laughs) but honestly it was like i didn't mind it at all just because no no no. it was its only use and you know what if someone's doing that to my daughter you better watch out i'm not gonna hold my tongue yeah i don't know and it just shows molly as a powerful witch not just some and no one i like too it, it gives that the whole, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, like, housewives are like, you don't have to be a housewife. It's like, no, if if you want to be a housewife, you know, and just be a mother, that's a honorable thing. And the fact that, like, Molly could, was up to scratch, too. Like, she could take out Bellatrix. Yeah. Pfft, amazing. I love it. And I love and what I really hope they, they try and emphasize is that this whole series has been about being a good mother Mm. and being good to your children and loving and if they keep all those elements in narcissa lying about Mm -hmm. harry being dead oh brilliant um, you know lily's the the specific magic of lily's sacrifice because one of the things that i will be so angry if they don't have i'm sorry i'm getting upset in movie six is when he has that talk with Dumbledore and we've all been kind of rolling our eyes every book. He says, your love saved you, your love saved you, your love saved you. But like Harry, like like he breaks it down and he says, no, you don't understand. Your love actually did save you because you are able to love, you are able to fight and otherwise you would have been dead. You are protected by your ability to love. And if they don't have that whole conversation, getting real specific about why Lily's sacrifice is so powerful, oh man, I'm going to be real angry. Sorry. Yeah, I just, just really like too there. because there's there's a line in Deathly Hallows when on King's Cross Station. I was I was just going over it. I was listening to it when I drive. It's the one he talks about how Voldemort doesn't even bother trying to understand the things he doesn't like. I forget how he said it. Things he doesn't think is worthy. He won't give. He won't bother to understand. And how he says there are more. There are things out there that are more powerful than any kind of magic. And like and that's like and that it's like love and the fact that. Lily used something that was more powerful than any magic and wove it with magic as well to make it even that much more powerful is yeah. so cool. And the fact that she didn't know, she she, she did it out of pure love. She didn't think, mm. well, if I do it this way, it will be the most strongest. Magic. She just she just loved him that much. Like that yeah. was it. And people kind of roll their eyes and think it's morbid and maudlin, and what, but it, it specifically what it was about you know and uh i just i just remember reading seven and thinking how is it possible i didn't realize that with jk rowling as the author of this series that this was going to be so much about being a good mother like you know yeah i, I, I sort of smacked myself on the head well you should have realized that you idiot you know like that so so much and you know just uh, good fathers too because there are very few good fathers in this series I have to say. Arthur? Oh you don't think Arthur's? Ar- Arthur and James. Arthur. Arthur's James no. is a good father, but we don't. The, all we know about him is that he tried to protect his family, which is an honorable thing, but I think right. most fathers would do it. Be surprised. I, well, oh, and then right. people will say, um, look at Lucius. He's a... 
No, I, I think he's a horrible a father. father. He became you know? a weak... and 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 that's yeah. dic- the dichotomy I thought between him and Arthur. You know, but but you're right. Mm-hmm. There's not very good strong. No, it was great. Figures, that's you know? true. I guess it's just nice to see a healthy. I don't know. Hollywood portrays men in a funny way. I can get into that, but I'll hold my tongue. It's such it's such a great discussion because look, even when Lucius is such a terrible person. Narcissa, who is an equally unpleasant and bad person, ends up being a yes. really good mother. What you know, whether or not she's a good person is irrelevant next to the fact that all she's trying to do is to protect her son. Yeah. So I well, you know. she protects her son. Like I think. Well, I guess she's she's more loving than than Lucius. Lucius <laughs> but she could. Well, I guess she. Well, I guess it counterbalances Lucius's attitude towards. Draco, because I can say like she oh, this is a whole, whole subject on this. We can hold whole come on during a right whole there. other conversation. Can, can, I, can I say oh, one more thing well, though? No, about, I kind just, of related to the news. No, this go is kind for of it. Sort no. of related. Uh, we're talking about things we'd like to see in in this um, Deathly Hallows and things that are so important in the book, and it kind of relates to it. Is the man by the name of Matt Lewis who is talking about his character of Neville Longbottom? Love and him. Love him. Love him. And love he's talking him. about having to do sword practicing for his scene with Nagini. Rock. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. That's good, amazing. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. And may I say, I'm looking I'm looking at Leaky right now and there's a picture of him in like a dark shirt with like yeah. dramatic lighting and these pictures of him that have shown up. Where did he come from? <laughs> it's Where? so funny because remember how Joe said Joe had said she'd gone to a set visit and she's like, Who's this good looking guy? And then she realized it was Matt Lewis. Suddenly he turned into this gorgeous young man's grown up and just you know. It's it's indicative just, of just, Neville yes, though because totally. Neville was like you know what I mean he was this he, nothing wrong with him he was just this homely little like Gryffindor who probably just barely made it into Gryffindor because he really wanted to because what his grandmother just kind of rammed up his down his mouth you know like you need to be like your parents and he like and he genuinely just wanted to you know like that was probably the only piece of his parents that he had with being Gryffindor yeah. you know what I mean and then. And then how he just totally came into his own and found his voice and just Neville is such everyone can relate to Neville. Like Neville is probably the, the character I relate to the most, Me but too. I think a lot of people can say that. Oh, uh, no, I'm I, it's 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 wonderful to hear this. OK, and let me address something okay. else regarding this. Um, yes. When the many fan sites who went to the set went to the set, this question was asked repeatedly because the rumor had just come up. Are you splitting it? Are you splitting it? Yes, everybody kept repeatedly asking these people <laughs> this question because everybody wanted to know, and which was kind of kind of stupid because any any answer we got would be embargoed until we were allowed to talk about it, which was going to be after the anyway. But in the journalist spirit, everybody was like, "Tell us if the movie's going to be split in two. and it was really, really obvious that without anybody saying it, this was going to happen because no nobody said it, but every nobody's answer would be like, "Oh no, that's silly." Whereas if it was something that kind of crazy of a rumor. People would just uh-huh. put it down right away, but you know, and and it was and it was it was not any 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 great leap to come away from it that day and think, hmm, I think they're gonna, I think they're really gonna do this. We all were talking about mm-hmm. it afterwards, going, I think I, I I really think this is gonna happen. Oh my gosh! So that's what I mean when I say that I hate embargoes because <laughs> because you can't even if oh, embargoes, ugh, it's like it's like having it's like being Frankenstein and having your lips mm-hmm. zipped. Anybody who you asked about it said something along the lines of, oh, we don't know, but then went on to talk about the prospect, you know? So without getting to specifics, which you'll find out when we, when we are allowed to do our set reports, it's clear that everybody's really excited about it. So I had a dream last night that I was having a party and Ivana Lynch came. She just flew in and she came to my party. She would. 
I just remember that right oh, now. Oh, she's going to be so great sorry. in Deathly Hallows. Oh, man, Luna. Yes. Okay, sorry. Just so many good oh. things. No, I just, I love her. I just, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Luna's amazing. Oh, gosh. What, 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 what news? It's, it's fine. Oh, it's, look, they're pleased. nice to have fun news? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. What? When the Death Eater, when she sends the Death Eater, and then the whole thing, oh, like, oh, look, they're pleased. <laughs> like, oh, I love her. I just want to give you a hug. You know what they hope, I hope they do, and I hope the art director and the set director does it. It paints her room when the, the friends... Their phone, and you know, mm. just how they describe when Harry goes up to her bedroom and looks and sees their pictures up on the wall, and it's intertwined between the chains, and it just says friends. I just hope they put those little touches yeah. in the movie. You know, just oh, oh, oh yeah. I really want to see the Ravenclaw Tower. Oh, in my head, yeah. it looks so cool. Me too. I hope they go there. You should draw it. That would be that'd be good practice for me. I need to draw backgrounds, and environments more. I just do characters. Hey, Frack, we we now keep getting emails asking people. Asking for you to draw people's Patroni. Really? Seriously. That's like, funny. Uh, we got a couple. And so I think that maybe we should have a contest one day. And the, winner. the prize is for you to... Yeah. I, would totally, that would, I would be all about that. That would be so cool. much fun. Okay. What would be the contest? Let's think, of, mm. um, think about it. Um, um, I don't know. I still owe many people things like the big pack of stuff that I promised people. And I owe so many contest prizes. It's kind of scary. And they're all in my closet. And I promise they're coming out and being sent. But... I don't know. Um, um, let's think about it. Also, also, um, remember when I mentioned last week that maybe we'd do the jingle spells and you said that you would, yeah. you would make it pink mm-hmm. and, and we can make a, a limited run sure. for people. Email if, if you think that would be a good idea, guys, so that I can know how many, you know, to gauge that I should order. Okay, can we... Okay, well, okay, okay. it is now 38 one more, minutes. One more thing before show. 30 seconds is really important. <laughs> one more thing. Joe Rowling has confirmed that she is in fact, once again, that she is in fact working on the Scottish book. Okay, I'm done. Oh, okay. nice. Thank you. No, <laughs> Good. I, I would Good. so... Like, I would... Ugh, I want to do drawings for that book. <laughs> Just imagine... <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Just imagine, though. Just imagine um, like a big, like, tome all new Harry Potter. It would be the only reference book I ever sat down and read. Oh, I would I would just pour over cover. Because, like, honestly, yeah. that's the stuff that, like, when I when I read the other books, and that's what I missed from the seventh book, is that they weren't at Hogwarts. And I love all that exposition. Like, what books they, like, I love their study lists. And I loved when they talked in the class about different types of magic and the history of the magic and where it came from and all that jazz. So it would just be, like, just a big, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I could just, just sit over it and pour over it. and Yeah. I really want to read it. I want to read it now. Um, sure. One more thing. I, I, there was a really unfortunate moment that I found out about last week. Remember when we were talking about the marathon and I said that, oh, that guy who ran the marathon and then oh, died right. and everybody was kind of laughing. I was talking about the original guy for whom the marathon is named the ancient times way back before but i didn't know that recently somebody actually did run a marathon and died. oh um, yeah i got i got an email about it like how could you joke about this this is terrible I, oh my gosh no never no i'd never ever do that so in case there was any confusion last week we were not laughing at the expense of somebody some poor soul who died oh heavens no that's what i was laughing at. oh no 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 <laughs> Laughing I'm at kidding, the guy I'm who kidding, did it many, many, many eight, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Oh. Terrible. I think 
I got a couple pounds. Oh, now I'm appalled. Oh, yeah. oh, no. I would never do that. I know. I mean, we weren't even laughing. We weren't even laughing about that guy either, about the, 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 the guy in the ancient times either. It's just the story, you know? But no, we never, we never. Just so anybody's, you know. Oh. Oh, no, I'm no. crushed. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, we never. So we apologize. I apologize if anybody. And I don't even know. I, I, I said I would look up the story and I haven't looked up the story. I don't know where it was, but no. Okay. I also wow. want to mention we got we got an interesting email and I think we should do this from from time to time. When you have a comment about our bit by bit or our canon mm-hmm. conundrums or something, send us an email if you want to re- if you want to refute what we said or if you want to agree with what we said. We have more to add. Send us an email to staff at podcast dot com and we'll pick some and and read them. This one's from Glenn Johnson and he she's he, he said that we he had just finished listening to our bit by bit and he wants us to discuss this in the next bit by bit in Grimald Place. No. So okay, with that in mind, I guess I should read this when we when okay. we do the bit by bit, huh? Yeah. Well, why don't we just make that transition over there now? Well, well, let's go do that. Go. 41 minutes into the show. <laughs> Bye. <Sorry. laughs> okay, we're back and welcome to Bit by Bit, where we discuss Deathly Hollows bit at a time. Little Hence bit this name. week. Little bit this week. A little bit. A little, a little, a bit, a bitty bit by bit. That's what we're gonna, the bitty bit by bit. <laughs> I like that. Well, it's only because we spent 80, 80 hours talking about the seventh movie in the yeah in the opening. It's okay. It's, it's all good. It's all good in the hood. It's all good in the hood. Reminds me of that one. I, there was a great YouTube video that, of that. Harry Potter's in the hood. I can't mind. <clears throat> oh, yeah. have you seen that? Move along. <laughs> I've seen that. Another PG thirteen. <laughs> yes, parents said it's not for your children. Sorry. No, it's not. There's a few though. There's one that's that's pretty safe, but the other one's really bad. Oh boy! So now we've we've just come from where? We've just come from the attack. Oh, they've destroyed the cafe. Boom! And we've obliterated, 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 obliterated. Thank you. Thank you. Choose a word. Any word. Okay, so they have to clear things up, clean things up, and get out of there. And they have decided to go to the grim old place. But first. Do we have a, don't we have an email? We do have an email. This person, well, I think uh, I or think we should we get into the talking and then okay. we'll okay. end. Okay, I'm sorry. It, no, it's, just, just, it's a little later. Um, okay. You know, I really... So they get to Grim... Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, this is where I was proven wrong. I said we had a can of conundrums beforehand, and I predicted we would not go to Grim Old Place. And here as I'm reading along, I realized I was wrong yet again. You know, when we were reading, I just I couldn't even I couldn't even remember any of the things I'd said or predicted leading up. It was such an overbearing thing that I had that book in my hand. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess that's true. But I, was I just couldn't like, even remember. I just remember this. This was a moment. Where I'm like, Susan, you were totally wrong again. Flop. Okay. <laughs> well, we've all. Don't beat yourself up. If 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 there was anyone out there who wasn't wrong about it, her name is J.K. Rowling. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But. So what happens when they when they go in? The the protective charms that Moody set up activate, which I still don't get the tongue locking curse. I don't understand the point of that. And why like why does it only make their tongue stick through their mouth for a split second and then go away? Is it because they're not Snape? Maybe. I don't I don't get it either because it goes away. Maybe it's to stop him from being able to do an enchantment. I guess. Yeah, but then, but it didn't work because Snape got in. 
Like the, I, I like the dust Dumbledore because that's something that like you know like I didn't kill you, and then but, and the fact that I I like because Dumble like in essence Snape didn't kill Dumbledore. Dumbledore killed himself, but just used Snape like for that. So like I think Snape like if it's something that if it's a jinx or a charm that works with that senses truth in the sense that like I didn't kill you, but when it knows it did, it would attack. But but then I think, how- how did Snape actually get in there? Because he did get in there after he killed Dumbledore. Right. He did. So how? Did That's what I'm saying. Like, I think if that charm would have not worked, like, would have been more effective if, like, he actually did, like, maliciously murder. Right. Vol- uh, um, Dumbledore. I think the fact that if. That's how he got by, maybe. Right. But I still don't understand that lung, that tongue walking curse. Well, I mean, could it be just to get him to stop because Snape knows all the other spells or something? Maybe they, because th- at this point, Mad-Eye does not know that Dumbledore is, is in cahoots with Dumbledore, or, or that Snape is in cahoots with Dumbledore, right? So maybe they were thinking if he couldn't talk, he would he could not reveal any of their other, like, counter-order um, charms or something. I don't know. So maybe that's why they added. I don't know. Just, I don't, um, uh, when did he put these charms in? Uh, Moody must have done it right after. Oh, maybe maybe Snape got there right after the battle. Maybe that's where he went. Oh, went yeah. immediately there and then left, and they only put the enchantments up afterwards. So maybe it would have attacked Snape. Yeah. Um, well, in the flashback, I just I just listened to that in my car yesterday. When it happened after, in his like in that string of flashbacks, when did it happen? Dang it! Hold I think on, it go. happened. Okay, yeah, you can't tell. Tail. But um, but that whole scene though, then what? Who comes up? That rises up with the his hair and his empty eyes. I mean, that freaked me out. I was like, this book. What are we? What's she doing to me, Joe? You know? Oh, you know what? You know what? He goes back after the seven Potter scene, so it's not. Oh, he okay. if if these aren't meant to be in order. Um, we see Snape do sectum sempra on George to, you know, get his yes. ear, and then okay. he, and then he's kneeling in Sirius's old bedroom reading the note and crying. So, um, if those are in order, then no, he he went. He, those enchantments definitely would have been in place. Actually, yeah, must have because Moody died that Moody night. Moody died. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't get the tongue locking thing either. Maybe it's just to stop him from what whatever immediate thing he would have done upon upon entering the house. That's that's a good point because, but then at the same time, Snape's a, you know he doesn't need to use his he's good as you know at wordless um, what's what is the term they use? Silent whatever S- I know. What silent you mean. spells. But maybe maybe it's enough to give a warning to maybe whoever's in the house or yeah or, or enough just to at least distract him. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, just because a split second is all, is all it makes a difference in the world. Does Moody maybe have kind of stuff. some of Snape's hair or something that he can make the spell specific to Snape? Yeah. You know that it, it would it wouldn't have unlocked, like just like the figure goes away when he says we didn't kill you, the tongue mm-hmm. the tongue tongue curse, whatever the tongue tying curse goes away when they realize when it realizes it's not Snape. See, that's what I thought because of the whole like Severus Snape, and then all of a sudden it's like yeah, and then it's like okay, it's not you. And so I always assumed it was it would lock his tongue so that the dust Dumbledore wouldn't go away when you say like I didn't kill you, and then then it would you know I think that was the trigger to to break that jinx. But I think so it would lock his tongue so he couldn't. But obviously he got got through because he got the picture. So that's why I'm confused. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
maybe maybe like you're saying because of that agreement with Dumbledore it just wouldn't have worked that's I think this is a question for Joe yeah so are you still here yeah I'm just listening to y'all oh. talk <laughs> I was no, I had moved on to, to the, the, I'm still freaked out about the 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 figure and I was listening to you guys talk about it. I'm like <laughs> oh, okay it's just Oh, the, the scary, yeah, the yeah. I just, uh, I just Dumbledore corpse. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty intense, but and it's creepy too because he's made of dust. Like that's what we turn to when we die. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, ugh. And eighty percent of dust is dead skin cells. Nice. So the dead skin cell Dumbledore goes across. The- <laughs> yeah. He needs some lotion. He's ashy. Thank you for bringing it back to that point, yeah. Brack. Love you. Yeah. Sorry. But you know, I mean, that one just I just thought that the Joe's use of that was really, really effective. That if from a point of view, and here you are still at this point believing that Snape had willingly murdered Dumbledore, and that your audience, your readers, would would want to hate Snape. And so, what better way to torture him than by having him, you know, see his this ghost, this this evidence of what you've done? I just thought that was really, pretty, in, in you know, retrospect after you know the end of the book, but then you go back and read it, and you're like, whoa, that's really intense. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful of uh, Moody, too, yeah. to think, aha, well, this is how I'll get him, yeah. you know? Yeah. And ghastly that he could even, in, in that period of mourning, can think of that and, and accomplish that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's true. Just kind of showed that, that war was full on, and in war, he just not holding back, right? I guess. Yeah, and like Moody was a warrior. Yeah. But I love that the next thing that happens is Mrs. Black starts screaming and Harry's just like, shut up! And yeah. he just, like, <laughs> he blasts her like, like, oh, enough man. already, God, just leave like, us alone. Is that what Sirius did it. too? Didn't Sirius tell her to just shut up or just I go? I think so. Yeah. I think so, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> but then we have like the very, the very kind um, <laughs> and funny Ron. Hermione does that spell, Hominum Revelio, and Ron's all. Oh, yeah. And, you know, nothing happens, which is what's supposed to happen if nobody's around. And Ron's all, well, you know, don't take it too bad. You just had a big shock. <laughs> you know? He's so funny. I can't. He's, like, comforting her, you know, just because he doesn't know. Because that's what it said in that book, you know, always be supportive. Don't be critical. Right, right, following right. page, whatever, instruction on page, whatever in this book. Be supportive. Oh, Ron. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> He's great. Okay, but 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 look what really starts to happen here. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Harry starts mm-hmm. to uh, again glimpse what's going on in Voldemort world. Yeah. Which which one is this? This is the one when he sees he has anger. He just feels like a, just a flash of anger, mm-hmm. and it starts it starts breaking in, and Hermione is already yelling at him. You have to close your mind. What are you doing? Blah blah. You know. Yeah, this this is when he goes up to the bathroom and then passes out. Um, um, not exactly. Not, not yet. Okay. It comes soon, sorry. but um, it blurs. Yeah. I'm sorry. But you know what? Before we get to that point about him passing out and stuff and what he sees, there's the Patronus comes in, right? Right. And That's what happened. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Awesome. Does is that Arthur's Patronus? That's right. That's it is. Yeah. But what is that Patronus? Do we know? The weasel. Did, um, it's a weasel. Oh, it's a weasel. That was the one from before. Okay, I had just I'd yeah. forgotten that, and I thought. Well, I think this is the first time we've seen this weasel, actually. No, because it came to the Harry's birthday party to warn them that the, the oh the, right, 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 the minister wasn't joining him. Right, right. So, okay, quick, really, family safe. Don't, yeah, you know, family safe. That's it. So, like that. So, okay, I, now I have a question: Was the Patronus sent to the location, or was it sent to Ron? Like, does it know, is it like an owl? Like, you just send it off to the person and it knows where to go? I think it's sent to Ron because 
it's how the order communicates with each other. They don't know where everybody is at every time, but they do okay. communicate. Because I wasn't sure that, like, I don't know if that implied that someone was, was you know, was staked out there, right. you know what I mean, at the house, and they left, or it was just one of those things that, like, I, I was under the impression that that it was, like, it found Ron. Don't you think that's yeah, cool? That the Patronuses yeah. are like this GPS system on them that they can just find yeah. you wherever you are. I love when when McGonagall sends the three out. I was like, yes, <laughs> she's so awesome. She's, but that's the end. Sorry, I keep doing that. She is just the bee's knees. Yeah, McGonagall. Yeah, I love it. She's a BA. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool that the, the, they can use those Patronuses in the, in times of desperate. You know, when you need to get it out. That rocks. I like how Hermione said she was practicing. I wonder how that looks. This otter is just practicing how to say words. <laughs> That'd be cool. Otter speak. Okay, we have- it's first words, mama. <laughs> <laughs> the next right, word is library. Our- sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hermione, because yeah. she likes the library yeah. so much. Oh. Sorry. Because this is actually a very intense thing that's coming up next. I mean, you turn the page and, you know, here's Harry, all right. And then, boom. And then he has to run to the bathroom because yeah. um, um, he's, he doesn't want Hermione to see, again, Voldemort creeping into his thoughts. But it's not just because we see Voldemort, he, he's clearly torturing Thorfinn Roll, who is the blonde Death Eater that, that, mm-hmm. got, that didn't get them, you know. But the, the really disturbing thing about this passage is who's doing the torturing. Yes. Is the oh yeah. It's Draco. It's Draco. Wow. And that's to think that not only have you displeased Voldemort so badly that he's going to torture you, but you have displeased him badly enough that he doesn't even want to do it himself. He's going to assign a little kid in his estimation to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just it's horrible. Like it's it's not even the, I don't even think it's because he didn't want to do it. I think it's because he wanted Draco to do it and to see the struggle and just to kind of break him. Like it's a it's one of those things. that's kind of like he's gonna break Draco and he's gonna make him do things that he doesn't want to do. And he sees that Draco is hesitant to do these things, mm-hmm. so it's gonna give him even more pleasure to you know watch him struggle through it. Yeah, it's such a saddest mm-hmm. thing. It's just disgraceful and disgusting and and you know and at that same time I I I did have a flash of sympathy for Draco even though I mean he's torturing another human being even though it's a death eater and he's doing this yeah. despicable act and he's behaved abominably towards Harry and everybody and and he's chosen the bad side and yet at the same time I, I felt just a moment of flash for for Draco that he was having to do this. I did. You didn't? I, I'm, I, I did. I'm right there with you. Because yeah. it's like, like you said, like she's doing this horrible thing, but it's it's complicated because it's he's conceding to it, but it's not of his own accord. And it's just like, I don't know, it's awkward. Because you're like, you feel for him, but then you don't, but you do. And yeah. it just sucks. Excuse my French. <laughs> but- no, it's it's... It's really one of the most eerie things. Maybe eerie is the wrong word. It's one no, of No, I think it's a good word. You know, it's it's not only does he relish in this this torture and pain, but he's he's systematically breaking this boy down because it wasn't enough mm-hmm. that he made him try and kill the headmaster. Now that he yeah. failed, now he's in for worse. And now that Dumbledore doesn't I mean Dumbledore, excuse me, Draco doesn't want to be part of this life anymore. He's only making it worse. I mean, yeah, he accomplishes in torturing Draco and the Death Eater simultaneously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because they both failed. So he's gonna, he's getting his jollies in both ways. And that's the thing. He's pretending to be all angry and upset, but I think he's really enjoying that situation right there. 
Yeah. I just, you know, cause, because if he was just, if it was just anger, mm-hmm. he would just do it or he would just kill him. But he's had enough time to sit and formulate that instead of just killing him, I'm going to use this as a way to, you know, to to beat on on Draco and to and to and to th- torture this guy. Like it's not pure anger working there. It just shows That's true. how you, gross he is. Do you think that that Voldemort was also using that as a weapons against Lucius and Narcissa, saying, "Look what I can do to your son." Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Because that's that's I think that's confirmed later in the book yeah. when he won't let them seek his son out. It's like if he's if he's dead, it's, it's of his own accord and all that jazz and ugh. Yeah, so but so but but maybe Voldemort knew that all along that there was that moment that weakness that that concern and love for their for their child. I just thought that was really kind of interesting thought, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's just something he probably doesn't understand. No. So he just is like, why is this holding you up? You know. So he's gonna. Right. Yeah. 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 Alright, let me read this email from our reader Glenn. And I think actually this applies to later uh our next bit by bit, but he says, I just finished listening to this week's bit by bit and you touched on something that I would like you to discuss in the next bit by bit. If you will notice the taboo doesn't seem to be an effect in Grimald Place. Harry and Hermione both use Voldemort on so on several occasions and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. While this would be a great question to ask next time Joe comes on the podcast, uh, for now I'd just like to hear what you think about it. So what do you guys think? Oh, it's interesting. I would think that maybe the Fidel it it does work because the Death Eaters are showing up outside, but yeah. the Fidelius charm right. is they preventing them see from seeing the like what they're in. Like that's why they keep having to be under the invisibility cloak as soon as they walk outside because the Death Eaters are just like grouping around the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like it's one off twice, so they know someone is saying it, but it's just probably like. What the heck is going on? Where right. is it? They get there and, and nothing's so they, there, and so they're sure that there's something that they can't see. Yeah, you know? I would think I I would be just like when they've said it before, but then like when they say it in the tent, they're right there. So they like, but maybe because they can't apparate inside because of the fearless charm, it kind of forces them on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree, Sue. <laughs> I concur one hundred. I have nothing to contribute to that other than to say I concur. I agree. You know? I concur. Okay. Concur is a good word. Well, we want to hear your questions and stuff. So either send us a voicemail at this the uh, numbers that you see on podcast dot com, or send us an email and we will um, address more of your stuff. So next week in bit by bit we'll be talking about Creature's Tale, at yes. least the first part of it. Ooh, that's part, a good part one. of it. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get to Creature's Tale, but we'll at least start talking about that mm. par- that that chapter. And I think that's it for now, guys. This show is almost an hour long already, so I don't Uh-oh. know. If, what, should, what do you think? Should we do a kind of conundrum? Should we do a Phoenix Files? Should we just go to the drums? Uh, Scribby Five. Just go to well, Scribby Five and drums. I think that's about all we have time for, don't you? I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, Deathly Hallows and two films was important to. Yeah, we have, we've had a yeah, lot of movie true. talk already. Let's put it that way, you know. So that would be my vote. Sorry. Okay. 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 Joke. Oh, oh you're all upset. I like canon conundrums. You want to do? Well, can Woe we do like, is me. Well, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine because I'd, <laughs> I if we're gonna bad. do it, I'd rather I do the like whole Eeyore. thing. I know you did. I was. <laughs> I was. Thanks for noticing. Oh. <laughs> 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 I guess I have to drink some Pellegrino to cheer myself. Oh, oh. Do it. Do the spell. Do the spell. <laughs> Pellegrino. <laughs> I've been walking around saying that all week. Pellegrino. Okay. <laughs> I think Joe I watched would like that, that stupid. Uh, you know that peanut butter jelly time. Um, 
Have you seen like peanut butter jelly time? Peanut 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 butter jelly time. I <laughs> I was um I was like they need to make a Pellegrino one. <laughs> Pellegrino time, Pella, Pellegrino time. Crack. I'm going to make a prediction that that's going to be on YouTube by next week. I doubt it. <laughs> it totally will be. No, really? Yeah. Have Have you noticed what happens around this? That's true. Well, stuff. Okay, whoever does that gets me to draw. I'll draw their Patronus. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Oh man. <laughs> Nice recall, Frack. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man. That case, we're going to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to Scribby 5, the five minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulous. I'm Erin Arcathios, and with me today, I have another editor, Laura or Music House. Hello. And one of our authors, Hilda. Hi. Welcome, Hilda, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on our segment. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Hilda's essay is about Lord Voldemort's damaged soul. Oh, yes, it is. That man was just such a fool for destroying his most valuable essence the way he did. (laughs) You can say that again. Or perhaps even say it a couple times more. He never learns. Now, Hilda, you called your essay, What is the Crux of the Soul? Seven Horcruxes, Seven Chakras. And it can be found on our site under issue 22. It's a great essay, very thought-provoking. Thanks. How did you learn about the chakras, Hilda? Um, I've been always interested in varying texts of life you find in different cultures and the ideas of chakras and how they intertwine with life. It's always been a fascinating subject uh, for me. I don't know how long, really. You know, I kind of feel like the soul is something that most people just take a bit for granted. Certainly Voldemort did that. He seems to assume that it was just sort of the same all over, so one piece was no different than another, and that taking pieces away from himself wouldn't change him at all. And that isn't how chakra chakra theory works, though. Can you explain that, Hilda? I'll try. Uh, chakras are energy fields spaced out over the body. The main chakras I'm referring to in the essays are spaced out from the pubic bone to the crown of your head. Um, the spine seeming to form a supportive column. Now, Voldemort isn't ripping pieces of a sheet of paper. Uh, paper, though missing parts, can still hold itself together and functions in its usual manner. Um, as its tension holding the remaining molecules together isn't lost. Chakras, however, interact with each other rather similar to high and low pressure form, uh, pressure fronts in the weather system, although they are not supposed to move or gain and lose in energy like the weather does, but rather keep a constant energy flow and interaction going between them. To the contrary, even any weak or overactive chakras parallels illness or physical or psychological levels. That is so interesting, Hilda. So... How did you connect the chakras to horcruxes, then? You'd have to ask my mind what it was up to. <laughs> I kept coming back to differences between the horcruxes, trying to grasp what they were reminding me of, really. I can't remember when it clicked, but all of a sudden I was going, a horcrux pounding right over Harry's heart, another located on his brow. Hey, those are two chakras. I started puzzling around with the horcruxes and chakras, also, whilst editing the guru chats of the gallery cast, more things started to click in place, and I sat there nodding my head off in agreement with them, taking notes and totally forgetting my duties of editing. 
And well, you see the result in the essay. Well, I'm so glad you noticed the connection and that you wrote the essay, Hilda. Um, I find some of your discoveries just uncanny. It's like one of them in, is the order in which the Horcruxes were created. It matches perfectly with the order of the chakras as you pass up the body. And y can you comment on that a bit? I mean, did you find yourself forcing them to fit or discovering that they just sort of naturally had to be that way? Well, at first I played a kind of memory game, paralleling chakras and Horcruxes at random seeing which combinations seemed to work. Well, one of the experiments was just, why don't I try it chronologically? And the, the puzzle fell into place, really. So indeed, we pass up the body, as you say. Uh, we start with the root chakra, which, which stands for your rootedness to life and your background. Both things Tom Riddle is refusing and trying to get rid of by the time he's make, uh, he makes the diary horcrux. Then you have the ring horcrux, powering the sacral chakra, being the center of your relationship to your family. Ah, and Tom Riddle gets rid of his last relatives, murdering his father and grandparents, and blaming his uncle for the deed. Exactly. Hufflepuff's cup goes with the solar plexus chakra, being the center of your ego, or who you are. He gets rid of the Tom, uh, Tom Riddle persona, now to only be known as Voldemort. To secure the locator crux, he leads a helpless victim to the basin in the cave, and thus to a certain death without even blinking. Just like a true psychopath. <laughs> yeah. He totally lacks emotions and thus empathy, which belongs to the heart chakra. And many see that as the making of a psychopath. And what is a house elf or any of his god of inferi to him anyway? Ravenclaw's diadem perils the throat chakra and the center of communication, responsibility, and morals. Any skills he had as a student to charm his teachers is lost trying to convince Dumblewool to give him a teaching position. As for morals and responsibility, well, getting his followers to kill and torture on his command is neither. The brow chakra is the center of the mind, well, accidentally transplanting a part of him in Harry's scar. He has to, he has ensured his loss of privacy there, really. And then lastly, you have the crown chakra, the center of surrendering to the pattern of life. Voldemort is fighting to never succumb to this pattern that leads to death, and rather fights on to regain a body to kill Harry when he creates his Horcrux Nagini. I noticed from the diagram in your essay that the chakras have colors associated with them. Uh, do you know the origin of those colors? Now, am I a chakra nerd if I say I do? <laughs> okay, okay, confession time. Uh, the chakras follow the color spectrum from red to violet. When growing up, you start developing the root chakra in getting to know your life and your place in it. This is considered a relatively low energy frequency. Next step is the sacral chakra, where the individ individual develops relationships, and this is associated with a higher frequency. With each chakra, the frequency increases, and this is symbolized by lotuses with ever more petals, the root having four the crown an infinitive number, and through the color scale of which science has now proved that red has the lowest and violet the highest frequency. It was really neat that you associated three of the colors to three of the chakras. Can you share that with us and talk about how you noticed it? Sure. Uh, whilst playing puzzle with the horcruxes and chakras, I kept an eye out for symbolo uh, symbolical parallels. Not to go all nerd on you, but each chakra 
has not only characterization but also its own color, as I mentioned, and also minerals, elements, and many other things. I didn't want to bog the reader down with all of these, but um, just seeing the three house colors were mirrored in the corresponding chakras to their heirlooms, I couldn't leave that out. Yeah, I thought that was amazing too. The last chakra, the crown chakra, wow. That is depicted as a snake, and I just couldn't believe it when I saw the picture. I felt like it was just too much to be accidental or coincidental. Can you talk about the different depictions of the crown chakra and what the chakra means? <laughs> couldn't believe it at first either. When I reread the passage of Voldemort in Aragog's Hollow, with Nagini described as a hollow hovering behind him, I was gobsmacked. J.K. Rowling, Rowling has intertwined two symbolical uses there that complement each other perfectly. The Western depiction of the halo around the head of an enlightened person developed from the perception of such a person radiating, having a strong presence and similar, but also from the Eastern depiction of multi-petaled lotuses around the person's head, which also draws from this perception. Voldemort is never described um, as having a, a strong presence or aura, something we do see with Dumbledore a few times. He's known for causing fright with his name, nothing more. He has fashioned himself an artificial halo around his crown chakra embedded in Nagini. On the other hand, we have Nagini, a name very close to Naga, the Sanskrit name of the cobra that shielded Buddha during the storm when he found enlightenment by rearing up over him and spreading his hood. Again, Voldemort turns this symbology on its head as he shields his snake instead of the other way around. I doubt you could get further away from full development of chakras and thus enlightenment than that. <laughs> True. Well, this essay is just fantastic, Hilda. I'm so glad that you submitted it, and I'm really glad you could talk to us today. I'm glad you invited me. Yeah, thank you again, Hilda. It was so great to have you on the segment. Well, that's all for today, folks. For Hilda's complete essay and many more fabulous insights into the Harry Potter world, go to scribulus.com. And don't forget, our call for next month is Death, Sacrifice, and the Afterlife. Exciting stuff there. So, get your essays into scribulus at the-leaky-cauldron.org. We're looking forward to reading all about it. See you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. It's the drums. We have a couple. We, we just in, in the time it took to get for us to walk over to the drum room. Yes, um, we had a couple of a couple of fun things come up. Mr. Randall. First of all, we're all we are all Project Runway fans. No, hey, Fred. Yes, yes. It's a it's a really fun show, and I enjoy watching it. Make it work. Who, who did you guys want to win? Ferris. Ferris. <laughs> Pretty bad. Sorry, there was a there was a, a okay. If you watched Project Runway this year there is a contestant called christian who mm. is really young and cocky and full of all he said all season was fierce that's fierce it's fierce it's fierce. Yes. such a hot mess that's such a hot mess right so when he won hot mess saturday Night live to a skit about him that was i mean i'm crying thinking about it it was so funny i mean it was spot on and it wasn't even exaggerated to be honest no <laughs> that's a sad thing the only words he used the only words the character used in the skit was that's a hot mess Hot mess, hot mess, tranny, tranny. <laughs> it was tranny, fierce, hot mess. Fierce, 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 hot mess. <laughs> so funny. I can't. You have to look it up. NBC.com. Um, you know where you can see it? No. Oh, projectrungay.blogspot.com. What? Oh, so funny. 
You have to read this. But have you never seen this frack? No. They're fantastic. Projectrungay.blogspot.com. They are the funniest two gay men ever, and they talk about Project Runway. It's so it's it's fantastic. I love it. I'll have to check it out. I get I get addicted. I check it every morning, and when they haven't updated, I get really mad. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, gay boys, update. <laughs> you know, this show. You know, it's so funny because I just imagine like Lockhart being a fan of that show because you know he was always like flamboyant with his robes and just you know making it work and make it. Lockhart was a great you know? character. So just every time. Yeah, That's that'd funny. be great. Don't you think he? Lockhart on Project Runway, you think? Oh, they should do yes. somebody should do a, a, a like a like a uh, twilling like a, fits like a, or something a like that. Rags or... versus um, what's the other? What's the one, Madam? Yes. Oh my God, that'd be great. Twilling, they could have twilling fits, and then what's the Madam? <laughs> Madam Malkins. Like the three. Like the. I can yeah. see this. The Project Runway, the the final collections in which dolls and someone puts it on YouTube. They're gonna do it. I will love you so hard if you if you make the competition between those three. The wizard designers and then Lockhart making it work and then here I'll give you an autograph if you do you know just Lockhart would be no Lockhart would be what's his face's role um oh uh, well, the, the guy who the host what's his name Jim Gunn Tim Gunn yeah making it work making it work Tim Gunn no 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 you know no d- that would be Dumbledore oh, come on <laughs> come on so what you're saying is Lockhart's more like 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 Michael Kors I don't know if he'd be a good judge Lockhart <laughs> Would be one of the guest judges. Yeah. Okay, yeah, celebrity judge. Like, yeah. oh, I can see Lockhart just being because you know. Dumbledore's too intelligent. Yeah, but but Tim's really like intelligent yeah, and kindly and grandfatherly yeah. and, and stylish. Yeah, and he goes Whereas around Lockhart and would be think Lockhart would be like Posh Spice. Yes, he would. He's well, totally. Sp- he that's totally true, is posh. Because they know yes. him. Okay, yes. that's true. But he would he would walk in and just be too big for it all, and you that's know, hot. That's like my life. That's hot. <laughs> Who would be Heidi? Oh. Um, um, Floor. Yes. <laughs> no. In her French accent. Oh, Harry. my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, you're either in that you're either in or you're mess. <laughs> that wasn't French, but I tried. <laughs> okay, Michael Chorus. Who will be Michael Chorus? Oh, this is great. I can't wait to see somebody make it. Uh, Snape. No. no that, um, no. He would do it. He's no fashion sense. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody who... Somebody like Dingle, right? Who's the guy with the green hat? The wore the green top hat? Who would that be? Daedalus Dingle would be... Would be... Maybe. Um, or we could... It'd be really hilarious if like Dung Fletcher, who is like a fashion disaster. Flint. Filch. He could be like their makeover issue. <gasps> maybe Kingsley. Oh, maybe so. He was pretty styling, though. I know. Noah Umbridge. Oh, God. Or Miss Pinkness. What about Nina? Nina could be Umbridge. Hmm. Madame Maxime? She could be Rita. Rita, Rita Skeeter. Rita. Yeah, Rita. There you go. Okay. Sorry. Because she Rita, works in the magazines. Caddy like Nina. <laughs> I can't wait. How? Somebody's got to make a parody of this. They have to. They have to. I'm, I, I, that's true. Okay, if they get a Patronus drawing too. That's true. There you go. Two Patronus drawings. better. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm laughing thinking about it. Who <laughs> would be Christian? Which Who's one? Glad that Rags. would be Glad Rags, the Glad Rags designer. Because that's that's Glad Rags is the Hogsmeade designer, yeah. and the, it says Hogsmeade, Paris, and London or something. It's very hoity-toity wizard wear. <laughs> Come on. So that's the wizard of couture. There you go. Yeah. And 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 Madame Malkins would be Jillian because hers was Jillian the most like ready to beautiful. wear. Like she was robbed. Most accessible. She's gorgeous, but yeah. also accessible. Yeah. And then Rami would be the twilling fit or whatever, kind of out there. You don't really. He's kind of. Sophisticated and on the other edge of the yeah, on my guard in his own right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Thank you. But there was on YouTube, speaking of YouTube, I was amazed in the comments. Someone had linked me to this. Um, there was like these group of like five awesome girls or something, and they had done a YouTube video and had everybody post and say thank you. And I have never experienced anything like that Aww. before in my life. So thank you very much. So that was very cool. cool. Everybody's really kind to me in the comments. Well, they better be. If not, I'll hunt them down. Wow. Rock. Okay. No. <laughs> no, it just, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed by the kindness of our fandom we have really great fans and harry potter fans and i'm saying are awesome all the way around i like it when they take pictures of themselves with pellegrino bottles <laughs> <laughs> i saw that say it one more time say the spell one more time because i'd love pellegrino <laughs> what else were you asking me about what else were we talking about right in the break there? my random announcement that i'm getting good at tetris <laughs> oh your game playing i just said i'm getting good at yes, tetris, tetris. Oh, and i realized this is completely oh, you- irrelevant i don't know why i mentioned it but whatever Tetris. Yeah. I, my, and then you said something about a game you play, Melissa. Oh, don't, don't ever, don't ever play it. It's called Oblivion, and it literally sucks you into its maw, and you just it, what it is chews it? you up. It's like what? Now I'm not a big fan of these games. These big, expansive role-playing games that you have to have like a relationship with, and you have to like take it out to dinner, and you know all those things because it's so t- but it but it wasn't like that in the beginning in the beginning it was just kind of like oh bop around buy things in a store go fight a bad guy and it was kind of something to do for 15 minutes when I needed to kind of turn my head off right all of a sudden uh-huh. it became like the most intense it's 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 ri- it's ridiculous. It is the most well thought out video game. Okay, I need to know what this is though. It's, is is it a role playing game? Yeah, it's it's one of these big things where you create a character with every option in the world available to you, and then well, you go and you have fun. to like like pick certain skills and attributes, and then you build those yeah. those skills and attributes, and then you join guilds and fight people. And there's an overarching storyline, or you can com- completely ignore that storyline and go on these hundreds and hundreds of little teeny storylines all over the place. It's completely absorbing and I'm gonna throw it out the window until my book is done. I'm gonna throw it out the window. So wait, you 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 bought it or is it online for free or what? I bought I bought it I bought it a while ago thinking, oh says it's a good game. It was like a review next to it. I'm like, oh, cool. Never heard of it before. Fun. And so I just you know, I figured oh it'll be something else to just kinda like when I when I need to shut off that's what I do. I play video games, I you know, just for like fifteen minutes I play rock band. Yeah yeah. I drum, you know. Um and no, it, there's no such thing as 15 minutes with this game anymore. I'm gonna have to look. In, this in the beginning, up. I was like, "Oh, I'll never, I'll never be that into it. I'll just kind of bop around and play." And then out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah, those games became, are dangerous. Like, yeah, it's like World of Warcraft. I, if you don't, if you're not careful, it's like drugs, and yeah. you'll just OD. They need to make a Hogwarts version. No, no, just don't do it. No, I play the Hogwarts. I play the Harry Potter games. All the time. You need to make one like you get sorted into your house and like it's just a big massive online game and you just go around wow. learning stuff. If I could play as a Hufflepuff, I would you, just be yeah in bliss. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be a very very successful venture. The online Hogwarts crazy kind of kind of like our Chamber of Chat but huger. Yeah, know what they need to do? WB. Yeah. Yeah. You need to do that, and I'll help. <laughs> 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 I'd love to draw stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people have talked about that for many years, actually. That that would be a cool thing. And that would be, uh, you know, maybe they'll do something at the theme park when you go. And you can, like, just envision yourself and do some sort of... That'd be kind of a cool room. You know how, like, you can go to, like, some, like, at Disney. I think it's downtown Disney. You can go and play games, like Star Wars games and Duel and stuff. Yeah, and, like, there's... In Disneyland, you can take a test and see what character you'd be from Disney movies and all that jazz. That's cool. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it is that time, awesome. ladies and gentlemen, Jelly okay. Spoons. Um, time oh to go. Goodness. Time to yes. tell people to uh, keep twiddling yes. those dials. The next password would be Joe Road. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> so bad. I'm supposed to be... <clears throat> no, I love you it. Don't have to do that. It's wrong. <laughs> okay. So wrong. She's not J-Lo. Okay. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. W-3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> This week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com. Ew, there's nothing you can get out of your cauldron. It's getting all over my shoes. <laughs>